We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. Who should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi, I'm John Rampton with another episode of Marketing Nerds. Uh, today we are here with Russ Jones from Barante. How's it going? It's going great. Glad to be here. Uh, glad, glad to have you here. Now, Russ uh, works for Verante. Uh, you are more on the statistical side. You are the CTO, correct? Correct. Correct. Uh, now, you work more on the statistical slash link side. You're a former black hat. Yeah. Um, want to hear more about that <laughs> later. And you are working with Removem as well as several other brands, correct? Correct. So our company is an agency first and foremost, but over time we realized that a lot of the tools that we're doing data analysis internally for our clients made a lot of sense for uh, just the general customers. So we rolled out Removem, which is a link removal tool, and then a couple of other uh, penalty-specific tools like Pandarisk and Pen- or Penguin Analysis. Okay, so tell us about your former black hat days. I want to hear about that. Like, wh- yes. Like- so uh, back in the SEO chat days, quite a while ago, there was this uh, famous debate between Rand Fishkin and uh, Mick over at uh, um, Syndicate, and there was this split. And I, I went with the black hat side at that time. It seemed to be working a lot, and frankly, I didn't either have a personal reputation or clients to <laughs> worry about. But really what I learned during that time period was this risk-reward ratio and how to get at that with data. So over the last several years, we've been able to use that for clients who've become more and more white hat and and have bigger and bigger reputations to maintain. And similarly, with the release of Panda, Penguin, and a lot of these manual penalties, uh, I've been able to use my former knowledge to understand what Google is really going after and to build tools that help people identify when they fall into that uh, black hat or gray hat zone, even though they don't really think they do. Yeah. So it basically assesses, you know, which are good, which are bad for each specific site. Correct. So, so now, how does it go that, how does it go about that from a technical perspective? So we, there are three different approaches for the three different tools uh, that I mentioned. Remove them is a link by link basis. So it's, it's looking at about 100 different factors from the anchor text to the domain that it's coming from to determine whether or not that particular link ought to be disavowed or removed. Yep. Penguin analysis, on the other hand, looks at it the way Penguin does. It is a uh, machine learned technique. It's called gradient boosting. Um, and we used a uh, Um, several hundred different factors there as well to kind of mimic Penguin as close as we could. And then Panda uses the surveys. We crowdsource answers to Penguin questionnaires or Panda questionnaires, uh, just like Panda did when they built their initial data set. So each one of them has their own specific techniques tailored to the type of penalty that you'd be trying to work against. Yeah. Now, how does it work? So essentially, are you guys building more like a search engine? Uh, that mimics what Google's doing to tell people what are good and what's bad? Or do you actually just kind of scrape the data and tell? Yeah, so we don't, 
we don't go so far as the search engine. We try and look at exactly what Google has done to particular sites and then build models and refine those models until they predict what Google has done. Yeah. Uh, so with remove them, it's like we said, on a link-by-link link basis. We can look at the links that Google sends back in a reconsideration request and says, hey, you got to remove these bad ones. And we can toss them into a pool and say, okay, did, did we predict these would be bad? And if not, how do we fix the model? So it is, it's more specific. It's not as broad as building a search engine. I know there are some other companies that try to mimic Google as much as possible. But for us, we're really focused on serving clients who are concerned about getting a penalty or have in the past. So it is more niche in that regard. Yeah, so say I'm a website owner and I have a site that I think has been penalized. Now, obviously, there's you guys' tools and many other tools out yep. there, but what are some strong indicators that my site has been hit, but if my traffic hasn't gone down significantly? Yeah, so the, the traffic issue is a, a big deal because it normally is the most important indicator. Yeah. Uh, the, the best thing to do, first and foremost, would be to go into Google Webmaster Tools and check two things. Obviously, if you get a notification from Google saying that yeah. you have a penalty, you have a penalty. Uh, but the other is to look at your search queries. For a lot of sites that aren't really popular, they might be ranking eight or nine for a hundred different keywords, and the next day they moved to uh, eleven or twelve because they got booted off the front page. Yep. But that's not going to be a huge traffic drop. It might percentage-wise be a big traffic drop, but in analytics, it's going to look like a blip. So those are really the only two places you could go to diagnose it when you don't have that big traffic drop. Yeah. Now, say I get this. Um what can I do? Obviously disavow, but what do I do after I remove the bad links? So there, there are a couple of different philosophies around that. If you talk to uh, some of the other agencies, and I won't use their names here because I don't know if they like to go on the record about their techniques, but a lot of them try and get removed links re-indexed. So let's say that you remove a link from some directory that you know got de-indexed yep. by Google. Uh, they'll work to get that page re-indexed by Google so that Google realizes the link is gone. Uh, yeah. So there's uh, this concern in the industry that disavow files aren't applied very regularly by Google. And if you really want Google to recognize you've made changes, you've got to not only remove it, but get Google to re-index it. Yep. And so that, that's probably the next step. After that, you've just got to start looking at replacing your bad links with good ones. It's as simple as that. A lot of people recover from penalties without actually getting their traffic back in the same way an economy recovers without new jobs. Yeah. You know, if you don't actually start building something new, you're not going to get back to where you were. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what are your recommendations for getting back? <laughs> I mean, what would you recommend? I mean, what's the approach that... I mean, your agency takes one, but yeah. you recommend to clients or friends. Say, say yeah. they're not paying you any money. What do you recommend to them? So, well, I'll, I'll give a scenario uh, because it, it does vary quite a bit depending on the issue. Let's say we're starting with a, an issue with links. So we've got a site that's been link penalized, and it's uh, some guy who registered a keyword-related domain five years ago, yeah. link built to it like everybody else did, following what everybody thought was a good uh, SEO strategy at that time. Uh, the first thing, obviously, we would recommend is to disavow and remove links. The second thing we would recommend to them is to move their domain to a non-keyword domain to their actual brand. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've seen this a lot in the legal space, people moving away from you know, keyword, keyword, lawyers, geo.com to the actual name of the partners in the firm. And we've found that that actually uh, tends to be pretty effective. I would also go with um, 
probably a canonical tag as opposed to a 301 redirect at this point, a cross-domain okay. canonical. Uh, you probably do have some traffic that's used to coming to this website, that trusts yeah. this website. And the 301 redirect is a little bit jostling to the users. They're taken to a new site that looks the same, but it's a different URL, and so there can be some trust issues. Yep. But it, you can use a cross-domain canonical, and they'll never know the difference. Uh, only Google will. So that's probably the, the primary strategy for, for a site of that, um, with that kind of penalty. Yeah. Um, so moving out of penalties okay. and uh, into general link building and into client relationships, yep. what, what do you push to your type of clients? So these days it's outreach-based outreach link building. That, that's, that's it. Um, and you have two choices. You can go the, the paid avenue and take some pretty big risks. But frankly, these days, there are a couple of outreach techniques that can be done in a white hat fashion at scale that are very effective. Probably the most effective would be broken link building. Uh, almost everybody gets it very wrong. I would recommend if you have time um, to any of the listeners to read the broken link building Bible. It's on Moz. Uh, it's, I, I wrote it and also just recently wrote a New Testament to it as well both of which kind of cover start to finish exactly how to do it. But that kind of technique allows you to acquire links naturally. And at the end of the day, if you want to sleep well at night, uh, you need to both be getting links so you know that your rankings are going to improve and you yep. need to know that you're not going to get penalized. And broken link building seems to be uh, the only one out there right now that is scalable in White Hat. So now broken link building. Let's go a little bit more into that. I okay. want to hear your top tip. What is your top tip for going after broken link building? Okay, so this one uh, actually got removed from the Moz blog because uh, there was some question about it being a little too gray hat. Mm -hmm. um, but it, the method is called the double tap. The idea is that... Obviously coined from uh, the movie yes, uh, Zombieland. Of course. Love that, love that show. Yeah, fantastic movie. Um, so... The traditional outreach for broken link building involves sending an email out that says, hey, you have a broken link on your page. Uh, here is a replacement for it, and that replacement is on your website. Uh, and you've created great content that's slightly better than what's no, no longer there. Well, the double tap or triple tap or however many taps it takes involves sending uh, correspondence to that same webmaster from different accounts over the course of the next couple of weeks. Different accounts meaning different, different email, email accounts. or different people essentially doing and the And that's same how thing. gray you can potentially get. Okay. Uh, but instead of recommending a new link, you just say, hey, you have a broken link on this page. If you create the perception of demand for yeah. uh, this link to be fixed, eventually the webmaster is going to search through his emails and try to find that first one that he ignored that came from you when you actually gave him a replacement. Yeah. Uh, so we call it the double tap because if the first one doesn't get him to do it, the second one almost always does. Yeah. Now, in, in that method, do you ever reward webmasters for doing this? No. So at least not with broken link building. Uh, the, and, and the reason being that the, the, the two different... Um, pitches there would would just uh, they would fight against one another yeah. um, you can imagine going up to a like a Girl Scout cookie um, <laughs> you know sales person shows up to your house little girl and she's trying to sell you cookies straight from she's like hey I'll kick you back five bucks yeah you know 
then it starts to get a little bit sketchy. And the same thing here. It, you want it to come off as being completely innocuous and genuine. Yeah. And the way you do that is you create great content and you have a pitch that um, lines up with the needs of that webmaster's users. The second that you introduce money into it, you've well, tainted no, the process. Well, no, I'm not saying before. I'm saying after it's all done. Oh. Do you ever, like, send them a thank you or things sure, like that? Sure, well, I'll say thanks, absolutely. Okay. But we're not going to send money to somebody for broken link building. Okay. If you want to buy links... You, well, you I'm, not, I'm not. I do not it, well, recommend buying links. Uh, well, so that's see, I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to go on there and say I don't recommend. In some niches, you kind of have to do what you got to do. Yeah, you do, but you shouldn't mix things. In fact, if you're going to mix things, you might as well have a one website where you're using gray hat tactics and one te- website where you're using white hat tactics. Yeah. Let's see which works. Yeah, or the just gray, have them the both. gray hat. Yeah. I will. Uh, it will work a little uh, better. Yeah, it will. But then, in the end, it won't. It might get penalized, and when it does, it loses its rankings in your white hat. Yep. site takes its place. You know, yep. It's great. Exactly. Okay, um, so speaking about Black Hat, All right. um, I, I, I love putting this towards the end for our listeners who have actually listened to this entire okay. podcast. What's one Black Hat method that you've seen recently working? This is, uh, this is a... This is a good question because there's actually one. I'm not really saying that you do this. I, no, uh, no, no. This was actually as part it. of, uh, we were looking into a negative SEO campaign. And in the process, uh, the guy was complaining about a site that was ranking above him. He just didn't understand how it was done. Yeah. So there's long been this consideration that Google has to wrestle with when to pass a penalty or not, depending on a 301 or a canonical or what type of redirect. Yeah. Uh, and historically, Google over time would just determine whether or not that redirect was permanent and then would eventually pass it. And with 301 redirects, they, they became quicker and quicker and quicker to pull the trigger on passing the penalty. In fact, it had gone to the point where you couldn't 301 redirect in most cases out of a penalty. But we were looking at this one site that was ranking, it was a payday loan site, and they had probably 50 or 60 completely spammed out domains, <laughs> uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of spam links, and they were going through five or more 301 redirects from site to site to site to site to site yeah. and all funneling into a top site. And it appears that at some point somebody realized, hey, you know, Google is, you know, closing it down to a week or two before it passes the penalty. But if I redirect to one, to another, to another, to another, that stretches the two weeks to four weeks to six weeks to eight weeks. And so these guys were just basically playing a numbers game. As long as Google continued to follow the 301 redirects, eventually they would get their final site ranking and it would hang on for the number yeah. of redirects times the the Don't you general lose value every redirect? Sure. Though, uh, there's I a mean, possibility that you lose the standard degradation rate of page rank, which is like 0.2. Yeah. Um, but if you've got hundreds of thousands of spammed links across several domains, then that's, that's fine. Yeah. So it that seems to be working. Uh, although I don't... <laughs> I can never recommend uh, vandalizing that many other people's websites to rank your own, which is yeah. the way I kind of feel about uh, yeah. They lines. could they could but take on a lot of other sites and really hurt yeah. those. Well, uh, thank you very much, no Russ, problem. for your thank time. You. Uh, thanks, everybody. Again, John Rampton here with Russ Jones. Uh, catch us next time on our ne- next episode of Marketing Nerds. We'll see you next time. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.